Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Causey's Conversations. It's good to be back with you uh, this wonderful Saturday morning. Uh, well, Saturday afternoon, actually. Um, if you haven't uh, checked out other episodes in, in this podcast, go ahead and, and go back and listen to those when you can. Uh, a lot of good stuff, a lot of good topics. Um, last week I talked about the Holy Spirit and just the uh, how the Holy Spirit is involved in a Christian's life what that looks like in uh, in a believer's life so I thought it was a really good really good uh, kind of a good topic to, to go off on but uh, today uh, we have a special I have a special guest with me today uh, his name is Houston uh, Houston I'm gonna let you introduce yourself what's up Houston hey guys uh, yeah my name's Houston Arledge and uh, I'm from Texas born and raised in Texas I'm a Christian I go to Scarborough College the undergraduate degree program here at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary that's a mouthful. Uh, there's a reason why we call it swivets. But, uh, yeah, I'm a poet, and uh, I, I don't really know what, a, yeah. what else to say from here. Well, that's good. So. That's good. Um, yeah, so Houston um, is from Houston, actually. I am, yeah, yeah. Uh, born in Houston, moved around <coughs> in Houston a little bit. My dad's a Texas high school football coach, and that's basically like being a pastor. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you move around a lot, and so we moved four or five different places in Houston. Then I lived in Keller for a year and a half, then Magnolia, Texas for like nine months, uh, and then Livingston, Texas for four and a half years, and then Crockett, Jeez. Texas for three and a half years. Then I moved up here for college. Awesome. That's that's really cool. Yeah, so I met Houston. I'm trying to think where I met, like when I met him, um, or I, you know, I'm going to stop, act like we're talking to the audience. We're just, we're just going to start talking back to yeah. back and forth. Uh, I, you know, I... I can't really remember when I first met you. I think it was, well, okay, so it had to have been the first semester. Yeah, yeah. I think we met in the uh, coffee shop, and you were talking about youth ministry, and I sort of butted into the conversation. Oh, okay. Uh, and then from there, I like made friends with David, and since he was really good friends with you and James. Yeah. Dave's another student yeah. at Southwestern, uh, for those that don't know. But yeah, uh, I, yeah, I remember that. Um, Vaguely, I've, I've slept since then. So yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's cool, man. Um, so you you moved up you moved up here. So you started the same. I think the same semester I did actually, right? Uh, uh, I started fall twenty seventeen. Okay, yeah, that's that was the year I, I I came up here too. Even though I did have a, uh, an additional year uh, at the Houston campus. I actually went to okay, Houston yeah. campus. Yeah. Um, the Havard campus is what they call it. Yeah, it's actually there. It's actually at Sagemont now. Yeah, that's where the the seminary is yeah. at in Houston. But it's, for those that don't know, the Southwestern has an extension campus in the Houston area. So, but yes, uh, Houston met Houston at uh, we we met at, um, at at seminary, and it's been it's been a great few years uh, for me personally. I, I don't know about you, but I've enjoyed my experience here at Southwestern. What about you? Yeah, I've enjoyed it. I've learned a lot. Uh, I've learned some things that I'm like I don't necessarily know if I'm gonna need it yeah. but then I've, I've learned other things and I'm like all of this is going to be useful in either shaping me as a person or shaping yeah. my interactions with other people because yeah. in the humanities program uh, with all the philosophy and stuff you really get to see like how the world views things and yeah. the Bible classes are just like okay here's our perspective now yeah. and let, let's push back on yeah. the philosophy but also let's see what philosophy gets right because uh, I think that it's important to have both sides yeah so um, I, I know a lot of people say that seminary is 
pretty much useless. I, I, I hear that a lot. I don't know if you've heard that before. I, I've heard that, you know, kind of in the church, you yeah. know, especially in Louisiana. I, I don't think... So most people that I talk to, they don't say that it's useless, but they say that it's not necessary okay, because they think yeah. that they can do all the study on their own. And for some people, uh, yeah. they can, but I, I would... I would argue that that's a very small number of people who actually can do all that study on their own. Yeah. The majority of people need that extra little push. Otherwise, yeah. they're not going to go as in-depth. Well, as I'll say this. like People that learn that have learned Greek, um, typically the ones that have learned Greek the best, have been taught to Greek. Yeah. I'm just using Greek yeah. as an example because yeah. but, but, that's a really hard class. But... But like you know, for example, if I sat down and tried to do Greek on my own, you know, through some type of program or just read through it myself, yeah. I would never. I, I don't think I would ever be able to really, uh, you know, fully grasp Greek or yeah, or definitely. even do what I'm well, near what I'm doing now. For me, it, it's not just that with like the language and, yeah. and stuff like that, but also uh, in my Bible classes, I'm learning all of these. I'm learning all these big words that I never yeah. knew before, like <laughs> premillennialism and Ooh. eschatology. Oh uh, man, that's a big <laughs> word, dude. Uh, we get thrown out some churches for saying that stuff. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, but like, I'd never heard those words in yeah. a church environment, and I never knew to like how to look at the scriptures and like let the scriptures interpret themselves yeah. to find out what I believe. Yeah, you know, uh, and I I just wasn't getting that in the local church, not because they they weren't teaching, but because. They weren't going as in depth. You have people from all different levels, and then you have new believers, yeah. and you have people who aren't believers in the church. Yeah. So uh, you don't always get to go into all of those deep theological yeah. principles. I think it's I think it's very good to you know for pastors to be aware of their congregation. You know, just making sure that they're teaching on a level that uh, even the the new believers can grasp it, but you still need to challenge them, right. the new believers, and then right. you also need to be able to challenge the more mature believers, but, uh, you know, I mean, I think, I think, uh, we've learned in seminary is that, I mean, in seminary, you have people from all walks of life, all levels of, you know, some people come into seminary, they know a good bit. Others come in being saved three months ago. Yeah. Like I have no clue what penal substitutionary atonement is, you know, honestly, I didn't even know what that was until Uh, I, I I, I know what you mean. I still don't use those big words. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you know, that's, uh, I don't know. It's just like it's like you know some. Um, I don't know. Like like my wife's an engineer, and you know she uses terms, engineering terms that I'm not familiar with. Right. I'm not an engineer, so it's not really useful for me per se, unless right. I'm in a conversation with her. But as Christians, when we're talking about theological things, you know, it's good to use terms that we can all agree right. upon. Otherwise, you're not ever going to get through a discussion Yeah, be like, like hey I mean this and you have to go through a five minute explanation of what three words mean yeah. instead of saying three words yeah yeah so I just I, you know yeah definitely when when people like for example penal substitutionary atonement when they think of, of what and for those that don't know what that means that's essentially just the doctrine that says that Jesus uh, died on the cross for our sins took the wrath of God upon himself and actually not everyone agrees with that like actually I've actually met several yeah. people here yeah. that like uh, but anyway, that's we're going yeah. on a rabbit trail, which is cool. Like I like this. I like I like this kind of conversation. So uh, I think that that belief that uh, some people have of you know not everything being exchanged leads to some false religions. Yeah. Uh, but like a lot of times, it's just people who are misguided. Sure. Uh, I have some Mormon friends now, 
and they they probably would say, you know, yes, we have grace and Jesus died for our sins, but for them, grace works completely different. Uh, oh yeah. Now the their beliefs with their church is changing and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, just because when you have a prophet and God can change his mind, things and your religion sure. change like that. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of but, things. Yeah. There's a lot of things have changed, and I mean. There are certain, some parts of Mormonism. I mean, I think like the moderate Mormons or the the normal ones would not believe these set of Mormons are actually right. Mormons. The ones that are still polygamous. Right. Yeah, yeah. The there's a there's a show on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. and we're gonna Sister get in. Rives. Yeah, we're gonna get into to, to the uh, your trip um, and look. Cause I've actually been to Salt Lake City uh, on yeah. a mission trip too. I've actually I've uh, I took uh, a group of students and adults, parents. I led a trip up there to Ogden. I went to Ogden, where the Sandlot was filmed, actually. Okay, I didn't know yeah. that's where the Sandlot was Yeah, and was also filmed. that High School Love Musical. The high School Musical uh, high schools that we went there, too. We saw it. That's there? Yeah, that's there. We oh. went there. We actually saw the Sandlot, too, though. We saw the the field. and uh, Okay. There's like not that's much cool. to see. Yeah. That's cool. But the pool. We saw went to the pool, and it looks exactly the same as when they filmed it. Nice. Oh, it was, oh, it was so cool. Nice. I'm, I'm serious. Like, I got like 20... Student pastor, youth pastor points. <laughs> yeah, dude. Taking... I don't think you can get those points nowadays, though, because the students wouldn't know what the Sandlot is. Uh, they will know. Like, if that, that, yeah, they, they better. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. like, I'm going to show them. Oh, I will like, show them what okay, the Sandlot yeah. is. But, like, a lot of kids nowadays, well, I, I make references. Well, there's some language to it, though. So yeah. Know. I don't I make, know. <laughs> I make references to like the Goonies, the Sandlot, or like other like '90s Nickelodeon shows. So like I make references yeah. to all that or Keenan and Kel. But do yeah, I get like blank faces from my, yeah. my peers and classmates who were born just a couple of years after. me. Uh, you're young uh, though. Like you're like nine, twenty. You're right, twenty. No, I'm nineteen. Dude, I'm 19. you're still a teenager. Uh, I'll, be, so I'll be twenty in April. I'll be twenty. In Good April. grief! I'm getting so old. I'm I'm about to turn twenty six in like less than a week. Don't worry. I have a sister who's. Uh, 28, I think, or no, 27. Oh, okay. 27. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing. We met. We we already knew each other, obviously, but uh, you came to my birthday. Yeah. Together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was fun. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah. Well, apparently Amy's doing something for me. I don't know what it is. She's doing some type of. I don't know if you might even know about it. I don't know. I don't know you may. Uh, I played the fifth. Okay. Well, I don't know, but um, I'm doing. We're doing something. I mean, it's with a group of friends. I don't I have no clue. It's not like just a me and her thing. So. Um, yeah, that was that was fun. Went to the escape room. What else? Yeah, that's all we did. We just went to the escape room and see uh, Dax and David were there. Uh, James was there. You were there. And yeah. You were there. And then was that it? Yeah. Uh, I think that was it. I think that was it. Yeah. But uh, that was that was good times. Good times. Yeah. So um, the primary um, kind of the primary thing we were going to talk about, um, I think, is uh, your spoken word yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, so. So tell me a little bit about how you kind of got into the whole spoken word stuff. Tell me like kind of what led, how God led you there. Right. You know what right. circumstances, and then um, maybe give give our listeners and me, you know, uh, kind of a maybe a, a roundabout definition, like kind of like a you know, okay. conceptual yeah. Yeah. explanation of what that is. Uh, so I, I think my sort of transition into spoken word was a, a natural transition growing up uh I, I listened to all all different kinds of music my sisters listened to a lot of 90s music my dad listened to classic rock and rap and like the the one the two areas that i never really touched were classical and country to be honest yeah uh, the, those were the two places that uh, i didn't venture into uh, in terms of music uh but i do like the background 
fan, you know, Chicken Fry. <laughs> uh, it's a great song. But uh, I still don't like country music, really. Rap was uh-huh. uh, and hip hop were very influential uh, in my life. In fact, whenever I was really young, I, I think it was like I had just been born. I was still in the hospital. My dad went and bought a Will Smith album. <laughs> uh, and he bought it for the song, Just the Two of Us. Uh, <laughs> and uh, wow. I, I always sort of wondered, like, how did that make my mom feel? But I don't think she really yeah. cared. Uh, but uh, I grew up with rap and hip-hop, you know, uh, everything from, like, the, the cheesy Will Smith rap, which I do enjoy, uh, <laughs> to, like, Beastie Boys, Run DMC, you know, and then... Uh, more recent stuff. I've, I also had like pop music and stuff, and that as hip hop sort of became more popular, it was integrated into different genres as mm-hmm. well. Uh, but because I always had this like fascination with music and hip hop, yeah, uh, I really started looking into lyrics more so than how the songs themselves sounded. Yeah, and and that led me towards poetry. Uh, and then whenever I was saved, uh, I was saved going into seventh grade. Uh, I was already into like doing like in all of my English classes, poetry was like my thing. That's what I wanted to, to do. And I want to do that because of hip hop. Uh, and then I found this entire like world of poets where not everything had to rhyme and, Mm -hmm. uh, not everything had to be in rhythm, but it still had elements of rhythm and rhyming. And Mm -hmm. you could talk about. Uh, you, you could be much more storytelling, I, I felt, uh, and also hit certain topics straight on the head, whereas in hip-hop, uh, a lot of it, especially nowadays, is like, hey, we have the same three topics we go about, and we're talking about ourselves the entire time. Uh, it, it's just difficult to tell as comprehensive a story, uh, I feel like, uh, in modern day. So who are your favorite rappers? I'm curious. Oh, uh, that, that's a tough question. But uh, Christian rap oh, doesn't have to be Christian rap. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, I mean, if you don't want to, yeah, give yeah. Your, uh, yeah. Well, in, in Christian rap, there's uh, one guy. He's a battle rapper. His name's Street Hems. His real name's Mitchell West. He's actually from Grand Prairie, uh, up here in the DFW. But he's a battle rapper, and he also raps and like has his own albums yeah. and he has some great music he has an album called uh, Slow and Steady uh, I really like that I really like that yeah. uh, the, it's got like a turtle sure, on, yeah. on the cover you know uh, like the tortoise and the hare kind of story yeah yeah. but uh, I also I, I don't just listen to, to Christian rap I also listen to, to secular and I, I really like Childish Gambino Chance the Rapper <laughs> and then uh I like George Watsky. Not many people know who he is. Uh, no, I'm not familiar with him. Familiar with the first two. But, but uh, Watsky's, Watsky's pretty cool. I mean, all of those guys, they're... Uh, you, you have to you have to guard your your own heart, uh, and if you feel convicted by listening to secular music, then, then yeah, don't listen to it. Sure, but uh, they all have some content that can be vulgar, Question. yeah, and uh, you know that isn't edifying to listen to. Yeah. But at the same time, they produce good quality art. Uh, and that's one thing. I, I don't see enough Christians reconciling good quality art with this great gospel message we have. Even when you look into, like, 
Christian movies like Pure Flicks. <laughs> those movies are not good quality movies by any standard. I think we can. Yeah, I definitely would agree with you there. I so I mean I, I think yeah. they tell great messages. Yeah, the uh, substance but, might be okay. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Even the substance, I feel like sometimes there's a kind of a cheap gospel there. You know, kind of like a kind of yeah. like prosperity gospel yeah. almost in it, uh, or like kind of like a therapeutic moral deism type message. You know, kind of like yeah. Just, do you know who Levi the poet is? Just, yeah, I do. Okay. I actually, he, he uses yeah. that. At, uh, I can't remember which. Yeah. Uh, he he. It's an Easter poem that he has, but uh, he says, uh, "As if you intended for us to have some kind of therapeutic yeah. moral deism," and he uses that exact terminology. But he's a great poet, uh, not a not a rapper. But yeah, he's a yeah. I'm I'm trying to see. I'm looking on my phone right now to see if that is who. Yeah, Levi the Poet. So I, um, I think maybe me and you listened to this actually one time. I, I, I think I may have shown him to you. Yeah, To Speak of Wolves. Uh, well, no, well... Oh, oh no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were... Yeah, So yeah. I'm a, I, I like To Speak of Wolves. I'm a me- more yeah. of a metal guy. Yeah, like, and, yeah. And I've always... Well, not always. I like uh, metal too. Yeah, I know. I, didn't you post something about August Burns Red? I, I did, yeah. Dude, yeah, August Mary Honest Trench. Love dude, that song. Dude, August... I've, song. Met, I've met August Burns, August Burns Red. Um, I met them at a show one time. And they're really cool. Matt Griner, their drummer, is a good Christian dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, from what I've seen. Um, like, I don't know his heart, obviously, but he appears to, to be a, a, a believer. Um, and then some I of the thought, other guys... I, th- I well, thought they were a Christian band. Well, um... Okay, so... Kind of. Uh, well... Okay, Christian man. It depends on what you mean by that. There were some Christians there in there. There are bands that are Christian. Yeah. And not- <laughs> I mean, it's not like, but they're not like a praise and worship band. Right. Like, well, yeah, 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 yeah. But like, yeah. I mean, they don't play in churches. Now, there there yeah. are guys in the band that aren't believers, I don't think. Like, okay. they, they don't claim to be. Like, they, they okay. claim to be like, I think they're atheists. I'm not, I don't know. I'm, oh, I'm, I don't uh, know the details. But Jake, Jake. I, I just assumed that. Uh, yeah. Because some of their songs are like oh, very, yeah, no, very for sure. Christian. Yeah. I mean, they have well. There's some of their songs too. Like there was one song that, like, the, the one of the guys said, like, we wrote this about the LGBTQ uh, community, like, which I thought was a little disappointing. Not because I think the substance of the song wasn't necessarily bad. It's just like, you know, okay, so you're a Christian band, like they claim to be a Christian band. You know, if that's the case, they're yeah. you know writing a song kind of in support of uh, you know homosexuality, which I thought was a little disappointing. Um, to be just, I mean. I, Scripture's clear, you know. Yeah. I don't, and yeah. now, you know, as far as people that deal with that kind of stuff, that that are homosexuals or transgender or whatever, should the church love them? Yes, we should love them. Yeah. We should help them. But and they're not beyond the point of being saved. No, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, people, but they, yeah, people act. Uh, some people, I would say, will uh, shame people who have those temptations. Oh yeah, right? absolutely. Uh, but having a temptation is not the act itself. Right, there's a and, difference. And so, yeah, yeah there, yeah, there are people who struggle with that. Yeah, uh, and, and that doesn't mean that they can't be saved. I, I don't think that someone being uh, attracted to the same gender is necessarily a sin because that's just a temptation that you deal with. Yeah, well, if you yeah. don't deal with it and you live by that, yeah. then you're living in. Well, a when you when you just have a temptation, you're not doing anything. Right, like, you're not right. you know doing you're not acting. However, like I would still say, like I think there's an article written by a professor here at Southwestern who made the argument that that having those desires are still sinful in the sense of they are they're corrupt they're a corrupt desire. Just like someone that deals with uh, okay. like temptation uh, to to look at porn or whatever, yeah. like or less in their heart. That's still a that's a corrupt desire. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. so I'm not saying you're not saying I'm just adding to what yeah. you're saying for you know, sure. Uh, yeah. A great book to read is Jackie Hill Perry's uh, Gay, oh, Gay Girl, 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 Girl
even yeah. I, I I love Jackie Hill Perry. She is awesome, and she has like she does like some kind of spoken word. Yeah, she does. She's yeah. also she's a great Christian rapper. Also, so is, uh, John Keith is really good. Yeah, and uh, Ruslan. Yeah. Uh, for for the longest time, I pronounced it Ruslan. Sure, but it's yeah. uh, it's Ruslan R U S L A N. He's the head of King's Dream Entertainment. He's making some great like Christian yeah. rap. Uh, well, that's but, I mean that's good that there's a lot of good Christian rap coming out. Uh, I know like at first like kind of before Lecrae, I think Lecrae was kind of the first like good good Christian rapper like mainstream good Christian mainstream. Yeah, rapper. there's uh, oh what is it. Uh, Something it's a bone, bit bones and harmony, something like that. Or, yeah, um, you know grits. You know, do you know grits. grits? Yeah, 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 the, yeah. There's them. Uh, there, there, there's a couple of people beforehand, but yeah. they they were. I don't know. So I, I may get some flack for this, but I sort of look at the really, really early Christian rap, sort of like pure flicks. Like they weren't making good rap. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah like, it yeah, wasn't like I mean yeah. the cray. Uh, you know the cray is. He's an interesting fella. Um, um, he, uh, I mean, he still puts out really good music. Yeah. I think. I still, oh, I, I still, I, I do. I like Lecrae. He's not my favorite Christian rapper, uh, yeah. but uh, I, I, I support him. Not in everything he does, but in, in his music itself. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I know what you mean. I, I, I think his his rap has gotten, um, and I might get some flack for this. Um, kind of has gone not gone away from being gospel centered. See, which uh, yeah, I I agree. Uh, which is fine. He didn't yeah, have to yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I, I think that like I understand the argument that a lot of Christian artists make, saying, yeah. "Hey, I'm an artist who is a Christian." The reason they're saying that is because sometimes they don't want to talk directly about the gospel. And whenever you are a Christian artist, people expect you to every song be about. The gospel, but sure, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes you just want to talk about, yeah, and that's yeah, yeah. that's totally cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah, that that's fine. That, that I, I don't hold Lecrae to that standard. Oh, you yeah. always have to, yeah. to do that. I, the more, more of the things I disagree with him about are the some of his political, um, social justice leanings. Uh, yeah. But that's another. That's another. That's not even what our conversation. That's another can of worms, yeah. right there. Yeah, that's a whew, getting close to the fire there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, like going back to uh, Levi the poet. Yeah, like I. That's that was my first uh, introduction to Levi the poet. Is that song? I love that song that he's on in "To Speak of." That's actually my favorite "To Speak yeah. of Wolf" song, and he kind of like his, um, you know, his his lyrics are very very emotional. Yeah, he's on another song with Sleeping Giants. Oh yes, yeah. Sleeping Giants, Sleep, dude. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Shout out to my boy Grant Kill. I know he's probably listening to this because he always listens to my podcast. Like one of the. That's my boy right there, Grant Kill. But you, you, you love Grant. Grant's cool. Um, yeah. But no, he, uh, Grant actually is the one that introduced me to Sleeping Giant like a long time ago. And uh, Grant, Grant's always been a fan of them. He actually, Grant kind of helped me get into metal, like uh, help me get into Under Oath and stuff like that. Like yeah. Under Oath is probably my favorite band. But for, for the most part, whenever it comes to metal, I listen to Christian metal. Yeah. Or yeah. I listen to like, uh, like. The, the punk kind of like yeah. rock metal mix where it's like I got it's you. not really metal but it, it's not really rock it's, it's like it's, like it's, in, it's, it's in between it's a weird uh, but I, it's I probably post hardcore I, I listen to those like uh, I, I listen to those pop meets punk kind oh, of yeah. stuff <laughs> man like I <laughs> I gotta say I don't like Taylor Swift <laughs> but 
the more I listen to these covers, I'm like, okay, no, she's... You know the week came as Roman song, like, uh, what is it? Yeah, um, Blank Space. No, uh, uh, no. They, they did Blank Space. I know that they did that one. Uh, Our Last Night did a cover of uh, Look What You Made Me Do, and that oh, was yeah. really good. What about the, um, uh, what is that song? I'm, 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 uh, drawing a blank of the, the We Came as Roman song that they did. Um, it's a really popular Taylor Swift song. I cannot believe I, I miss... Bad Blood? No, hold on. I'm, uh... I knew you were trouble. I knew you oh, were trouble. Oh, I knew you were trouble. <laughs> yeah, dude, I love that cover. Yeah. I love that. So, like, the more I listen to these covers, I'm like, whoa, Taylor Swift is a good lyricist. I just, I don't know why, but I don't like her singing. I don't like her voice. Yeah, I, I've never gotten into Swift, T-Swift. Um, yeah, I mean, I've never gotten into her stuff. Now, pop, as far as pop goes, my guilty pleasure in pop is Justin Bieber's new album, Perp, the, or not new album, it's old now. But like it's it, his newest one. I don't think he's come out with anything since. I don't but know. Purpose. I, don't, I don't keep up with that. That's such just a good album, man. Just saying. Uh, I I also really like. So our last night they they're yeah. like a, a punk rock. Yeah, that's, they do a ton of covers. They're they're more like okay. Our last I, I'm I'm familiar very I I really like their music. Uh, they're more like post hardcore is what I would call them. Yeah, yeah. So there's another style of music that um it's not metal. It's not post hardcore either. It's it's um it's you know kind of like punk rock. Yeah. Uh, stuff uh, like the story so far is a good band that um. Okay, um I haven't like, heard them. Yeah, they're not. They're they're definitely not. But they'll tour with a lot of metal bands, and yeah. I mean, if you go to their their shows, I mean, it's just as crazy as it. And all of these bands, though, they have like very uh, very like vague names of, with like three or four words. Yeah. So like like August Burns Red, I don't know what that means. Oh, I, I like, know, you don't know the story behind that? No. Okay, no. August, yeah. So this is. I mean, I've heard this directly from them, like in their videos and interviews. Uh, so. Um, the original singer for August Burns Red. It's actually a really funny story. Uh, the original singer. Um, was uh, dating this girl, and so like they were dating for a while, and he ended up going and breaking up with her. And this was kind of around the time when they were forming the band. And this is in Pennsylvania, by the way. Like and they broke up in and, August. Well, actually, um, the girl was so upset. She was so mad. She went to his house and lit his doghouse on fire. On fire with the dog in it. No. Like it was, no, it was really, and so like the, the news, the, the newspaper, person. yeah, the 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 newspaper said August burns red. <laughs> the dog was named as red. <laughs> was named red. So like so that, that's why they called the band August burns red. So her name's August burns red. There you go. That's so crazy. No. That is a true story. I promise, completely true. I don't like that. I don't yeah. like that name now. Oh, at, yeah. first, at first, oh. I, at first, I was like, no, no. August, maybe that has something to do with the month, right? Yeah, no. Maybe, maybe yeah. something meaningful happened that was just like incited a lot of emotion. So August burns red. But that, oh, yeah. oh that bothers me. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ruin <laughs> that for you. But I thought, but, yeah. but like, there's other names too. So, like, Our Last Night, We Came as Ronin, uh, Romans, yeah. uh, As Cities Burn, Taking Back Dude, Sunday. Acid, you know, As Cities Burn, dude, As Cities Burn, I, I saw them. Uh, at a, at the under oath an under oath farewell tour when before under oath broke up um, they're under oath back now but at their farewell tour they they played and dude they were awesome they they yeah, you know, like yeah. that that was like yeah. I'm telling you like um, shout out to my boy Jamie Alford uh, he's probably listening to maybe uh, he <laughs> me and him and his wife went to the to the concert and uh, man ah oh, it was so good like we both like who is this band 
And they yeah. just, I mean, dude, it's just like the yeah. band, like they, it's like they came out like punching the face. Yeah, like it was. Yeah. Ba- I mean, like that's not a good yeah. thing. But and, and then there's yeah. there's also Oceans Eight Alaska. They're another. Yeah, band. yeah, I've heard uh, of them. Yeah, yeah. I haven't for, listened to their music, but I know who they are. Yeah. For, for the longest time, I thought it was Oceans Eight, as in the number. Alaska, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like the movie. Ocean's yeah, okay. Eight. Yeah. And then and then I was like. Oh no! Oceans Eight, Alaska is like yeah. consuming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize you were so into metal, dude. I didn't. Yeah, know. yeah. I, well, no, I, I I like all music. If I were to, if I had to choose like one genre right now, currently to say that it's I vibe favorite. with the most, yeah. it's probably still the hipster stuff, uh, the the folk music and stuff like that. To be honest, okay. But right. uh, I I still very consistently and regularly listen to rap and metal and rock classic rock yeah. uh 90s music like 2000s pop yeah. i listen to everything but my largest playlist on spotify and the one that is always like a default this place whenever i get into my car uh is full of just like what other people would call hipster music so like mumford and sons and that's not hipster Jane. though that's pop See, that's... people say that it is though it, uh, and it yeah. i wouldn't I, I don't classify it as pop no, Mumford and Sons well, is not pop because well, pop, pop just means popular. It's it's a pop. It's popular. It's got to well. The, there's still key traits though that fit within pop music. Well, they have and, folk and influence. I, 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 I agree, think, but they're yeah. not. They're like uh, I don't call them hipster anymore because the definition of hipster is being like weird. You're listening to weird music. No, not necessarily. Like not necessarily. I mean, like, off uh, base. I don't. I don't know if I would classify it as weird music. I'm pulling up the album right now though because there's. This album, not album, uh, playlist has four hundred and seventy nine songs. Uh, whenever I like, yeah. to, whenever I make playlists, yeah. I I go big or go home basically. Uh, yeah. But there's the head and the heart, the oh hellos, uh, Drakeford, Drakeford and the oh hellos. I know I know they're Christian. I'm not sure if the head and the heart yeah. are, but uh, I really like the head and the heart. And then there's also uh, the, there's so many bands that aren't super yeah. well known, but you know, I really like. You know who I would classify as. Um, Ah, uh, dang it. I miss Oh, I love Bonnie Iver. Uh, or the, some people call him Bon yeah. Iver. But they're, they're the people who made the song Holocene. Yeah. Uh, and that, that sort of blew up Ed Sheeran, like, references. I can't, I don't know if he's referencing the bar or the song in his song. But, yeah. uh, like, th- those are the kind of people on the playlist that I listen to the most. But, gotcha. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of the band that, um... They're very, very weird. This is what I'd consider hipster almost. It's not even metal. It's like it has like a kind of folk influence and other th- other influences there. I'm trying to remember their name though. They're they're pretty they're 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 kind of popular to an extent, but not like mainstream whatsoever. Um, I forgot their name though. Um, if I remember it, I'll I'll bring it up later. But okay, cool. Cause I'll add them on Spotify. Yeah. No, they're weird, dude. They're they're so weird. Um, See, I don't think hipster. Equates to weird though. Uh, more it has more, to be. It, no, ha- it has no, to be weird, no. but because the more that hipster has, like originally, you were hipster if you were listening to things that aren't mainstream, you know. But I think that hipster has shifted to a a different perspective to where hipster is popular now, so it's impossible to be. Uh, that's hipster. not hipster anymore. That's not a hip. That's not hipster anymore. Uh, no, I would argue that it uh, that it still is, uh, and. Uh, <laughs> I would also say that, like, hipster, like, when people think of hipsters, they think of people wearing uh, flannel shirts and have beanies on and skinny jeans, and they're listening to, like, folk music. That or, used to be what hipster is. I think that's... That's not, that's not a hipster. A hipster is someone that will not want to be called a hipster. That's that's my definite... If you, if you were, like, so, like, you know, 
I'm not a hipster. I'm I'm different than that. And like, you're just completely off base. Like that to me is is, is someone that's a hipster. I, I don't define it that way. Well, okay. Like there, I I have a my one of my cousins. He's uh, he dresses kind of weird sometimes. Um, whereas he has this weird a weird style. He's not he's not your typical person on the planet. Right. But well, and it's a good way. It's a good way. But he. He, if you called him a hipster, he'd be completely offended. I call him a hipster because he's not like, okay, like I see all these girls like listen to Taylor Swift and like wearing skinny jeans and beanies and wearing, you know, well, I'm like that's Taylor not Taylor Swift's not hipster. And well, she's not a hipster, but like uh, all these girls that you know go to Starbucks, you know, drink. Yeah, coffee. no, I don't think that. Like whenever I think that's of not a hipster, I, I, get out of no, here no, with no, that. No, no, not you. Hipsters don't go to Starbucks. <laughs> hipsters find a local coffee roaster and then they buy the beans themselves and grind them themselves in a burr grinder, make their own coffee at home, have an entire setup, play a record uh, on their record that's, player, and yeah, like, that... like if you are. Uh, in, uh, I'm calling myself a hipster in this. Uh, then you're not a hipster. I don't hey, call that's you. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> you're not uh, a hipster. But I, I think if you're if you're below the age of like 30 and you're doing things that are like from like the 60s and 70s, like practices that just people don't do anymore, or they're not necessary, you're taking extra steps to have something that's handmade and stuff. Whenever you could get something that's perfect and made by a machine yeah. or something like that, when you really care about those kind of things, or you like the antiquated technology, uh, I, I sort of look at that as hipster. Uh, I, you know, yeah, <laughs> we didn't even plan this conversversation about what it, what's a hipster. <laughs> I, I, I make fun of people that call themselves hipster, so I'm sorry. No, uh, a lot uh, of people take spoken word as hipster too, so I think that's how we're going to tie this back in. So, well, I don't even know if I. I mean, here's the thing: you can be a hipster and, and do those things. Yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm just like like someone that's just like that does a lot of those things and just just doesn't do the norm. Doesn't have the normal style like the rest of society. If I mean, the thing is, if you have, you know, honestly, like no, 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 not no normal style. Do you like well, my dinosaur, like yellow dinosaur sweater? That's... Okay, I was about to say like your glass, like your glasses, are the typical hipster glasses. Yeah, they are. Like today, yeah. and it's like if you have those glasses, I'm like, you know, that's it, twenty years ago. Yes, you're a hipster. If that, if you wore like this, went back twenty years ago, you'd be a hipster. You'd be like a yeah. authentic hipster. Now, you're 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 still in the realm, but maybe I'll I'll give you that. I mean, if you, I mean, hey, if you want cars, yeah. that's fine. No, uh, I, I just think it's funny that like, I guess my thing is like people like these like like I said these girls that like listen to T Swift, Justin Bieber, and all these other popular people, and they they call themselves hipster, and then they'll like t- take pictures of their coffee and like oh, yeah, so cool. I don't think that that's hipster. Like, that's uh, just and, that's, like, reading books like oh I'm yeah. so intellectual. That's your stereotypical teenage girl. Well, and they would call themselves a hipster. I'm like, yeah, well, no. Uh, <laughs> I also really like to find bands that are lesser known. Yeah. So I, I named a lot of bands that are very, very broadly yeah. known. But uh, I like to listen to bands and poets who aren't super known as much as I can. So whenever someone else knows that person or, or that band, I get really excited. Or whenever yeah, another no. person uh, yeah. has a different band or person yeah. to recommend that I don't know, I'm like, this is awesome. So yeah. But. So okay, going back to this, so spoken word. All right, right so yeah. when you when you started getting into spoken word, like what what was your initial like goal for doing spoken word? Like why why did you get into it? Uh, I don't think I had an initial goal. It was me writing poetry uh, before I got saved, and then I was saved, 
and continued to write poetry. And the most important thing to me at that time was uh, rap and then, like, my salvation. Yeah. Not in that order. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I'm, uh, yeah. But then as I continued to write poetry, uh, I, I wanted to perform it almost as if it was a rap. And that sort of led into me performing poetry that was not written as a rap, was not perfectly rhythmic, was not perfectly yeah. rhyming, and it was just performance poetry. And that's what spoken word is. Spoken word is performance poetry. Uh, I think that you could recite a rap as a spoken word, uh-huh. but I don't think that spoken word is rap. A lot of people no, make that No, there's definitely a distinction. But, uh, yeah. I think one time you messed with me and you kept saying that spoken word was rap without a beat. No, 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 that wasn't you. No, I don't uh, think that was me. No, now I have said something else. I, I haven't said it to you, but yeah. I, I think someone else said this to me. That it, it is kind of funny, but I mean, it's not serious, but like spoken word is for people that aren't musicians or something. <laughs> hey, I play, I play some instruments. I know. I, I, it might not even, I may not play them well and I also can't <laughs> sing, but, uh, <laughs> No, yeah. uh, no, that's that, funny, yeah. That, that is funny, that is funny. Uh, but at the same time, you have musicians who don't know how to write lyrics for the life of them, and they, they may play, you know, their songs great, they can sing beautifully, but nothing has real meaning or substance oh, beyond yeah. sounding good. Well, that's what I was going to so. say, like, I heard your, your um, uh, was it the Crucifixion? Yeah, um, yeah. Po- poem that you did at, at the talent show at Southwestern, um... That was to say, and me and James were talking about it. Like your, it was very, it was a lot. It was deep. It was a lot of substance within it, which I yeah. I mean, so that, that was really good. Now, for those of you like, oh man, this dude can't can't do no spoken word. I mean, this this dude's not not real. No, he is. He can do it. I've heard him. So I mean, I, I even I'm a have I have the first half of that poem like on my phone. Uh, I don't I don't have that one memorized. Uh, I'm working on memorizing more poems, but whenever yeah. you write so many poems, it's difficult to. Memorize all. Yeah, once you once you do but, it enough, like, I mean, yeah, it, I mean, yeah. you're not you're not like going out to churches like every day, right? Doing, right. but at the same time, like, I, I mean, if you bring up a book with your poem in it, like, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. you can even just put it. I mean, a lot of musicians they'll have their music there with a yeah, the lyric. Yeah. I mean, like that's so. Yeah. Uh, but going back to uh, a goal, so I don't think it originally started off as a goal, but yeah. originally it wasn't something that I shared. Right, and then after a while, I started realizing, wait, people relate to poetry, yeah, far better than they do just a twenty-minute shallow sermon, right? Uh, and, and not all sermons are shallow. I'm not making that. No, uh, I know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the youth group, especially, a lot of times you're not getting like you're getting fed milk over and over and over again, and you're never getting the meat. Uh, of the scripture uh, in a sermon just because of the nature of student ministry you're having so many kids so many people who haven't heard the gospel message for the first time that usually it's a very basic gospel message preached which is good Uh, but if small groups and things aren't instituted correctly and there's not enough interaction from the rest of the church then a youth group is going to struggle with growing in depth yeah Uh, so uh, that also goes into like my philosophy of youth ministry. I think the youth should be connected to all different aspects of the church, yeah, uh, and not be their own isolated individual church. We talked about that the first time. Yeah, no, I but, yeah, I've you know I was in doing youth ministry five and a half years, and you know I look back on what some of the things I chose to do, and I man, I, I regret a lot of things that I did just because it 
I think I did more harm than than good in a lot of those students' lives just by supporting that method of youth ministry. That's getting into yeah. youth ministry, but yeah, um, but, but I get what that, you're saying. Yeah. So like that sort of influenced my original purpose though, because I was yeah. like, hey, I can share this, and uh, people may be able to relate to it a little bit better, you know, and may, maybe it will like resonate. Uh, that that's a word that gets thrown around all the time. Yeah, no, nowadays. Yeah. But uh, I I can't think of another word. Gospel, gospel so, Yeah, uh, and I just think that that can reach people in a manner that a normal song may not be able to reach them. Yeah. Uh, and it also helps show them that hey, these things that you're struggling with, yeah. or these thoughts that you have, other people have them too. You're not alone. Yeah. Uh, and I'd say currently that's my main purpose. Uh, a lot of my poetry that I've been writing recently hasn't really explained these big topics or anything like that, but more along the lines of just examining life and realizing, hey, this is the way I feel, and I want people to know that this is the way I feel because they may feel the same way and not know that anyone else is experiencing it. They may feel the exact same way and not know how to handle it. Uh, so, like, that's why whenever I was writing that uh, poem, The Crucifixion, and I actually have the first part pulled up here, mm-hmm. uh, if people haven't heard it i could perform a couple of lines uh um go ahead if you want to i don't know if but, i mean the sound quality i don't know if it'll pick it up yeah, as well yeah. as, as but, you would want but i mean go for it if uh you but that's why like i wanted people to know that hey mm. you can be a christian you could be strong in your faith and still struggle right yeah nothing has to look perfect uh and vulnerability is probably one of the most important parts whenever I write poetry. If I'm not being vulnerable and letting people just see my life, then I feel like I'm touch, failing You kind of get in poem. touch with your feminine side there, uh, which is totally cool. I, I don't necessarily know if I would describe that no, as a feminine I, no, side. No, it's, it's not. Uh, I'm, that's the like, stereotype, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I think when you look at biblical masculinity, that is uh, evident that you realize that you're struggling through things and oh yeah being honest and stuff yeah Yeah, absolutely uh but this poem called the crucifixion starts off uh like this Pilate and i have something in common we've both condemned an innocent man to die and acted guilt free as if it wasn't really our choice to begin with as if it wasn't within our power to stop it we're liars washing our hands clean of something we're not quite done with we're liars making a sign to let the whole world know that we're still involved that we too will still be involved in mocking the king of the jews we said we were through we said we were done we washed our hands clean of the blood we're liars so we sit back and watch this man who claimed to be more die at our command. We sit back and watch this man who claimed to be the Son of God, the Messiah, being nailed to our torture device. We sit back and watch this man who claimed to be God, struggle to breathe, and from a distance we sat back and watched this man breathe his last. We're through. It's done. He's dead. It's past. It is finished. Yeah, that was good. That's and good. That, that was the first half of the poem. The yeah. second half goes on to explain, like, hey, no, th- this is what gives us grace. Yeah. But uh, th- there's been times in my life, you know, where I, I fall into sin or, like, I remember very, very vividly before I was saved and once I realized I was a mm-hmm. sinner, that's how I felt. Like, I, it was my fault, you know, that Jesus had to go through that suffering, 
right? Yeah. Because I had grieved uh, this oh. God, this yeah. creator of the universe, right? Uh, and I had transgressed against him. Yeah. Like, I, I put Jesus up on that cross. If yeah. If I hadn't that's... sinned, then Jesus wouldn't have needed to go up there. So I'm just as guilty as Pilate, right? And I, I think Pilate... Like, he, he was the one who allowed Jesus to go up there. You know, the Jews may have been saying, you know, free Barabbas, but yeah. uh, Pilate was the one who allowed it. Like, Pilate had the power to stop it, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, um, that goes into, you know, you know um, God, God. I mean, God obviously predestined the cross to take place. I think we would yeah. agree yeah. on that. Uh, Acts chapter, I think, 3. I mean, the, yeah. the cross took place because God intended for it to take place. Right, yeah. But he yeah. used the means of the will of men like Pilate, right. Pilate, right. you know, now, you know, that's going into God's sovereignty, but you're right, that is, you know, our sin right. was was the reason why Christ went to the cross. Right. I mean, if, if none of us have sinned, the Son of God isn't, is, isn't right. a kid. And, and I feel very often uh, <clears throat> that it, it, it's good to keep in mind that you are redeemed, that you are saved. And mm -hmm. the second half of the poem sort of talks about that a little about, bit yeah. more. Uh, and how Jesus saved us while we were still sinners, you know, Christ died for us. Uh, but too often, I think that we can f completely forget, right? Yeah. And, and sometimes we can act a little, uh, for a lack of a better word, snobbish. Uh, sure, and, we can forget the, yeah, the grace yeah, that yeah, we, we, we need. For, we you forget know? really why that grace yeah. is so important. And we just think, oh, well, I'm saved. Sure, you are you know? saved. But the reason why that's significant is because you needed to be saved. Yeah. I mean, and you know, the your salvation is not dependent on you. I mean, your right. our salvation is all full is, is all grace. Right. And that's right. that's that's and so e important. Even still, as Christians, as we live, we still make mistakes. We still yeah. sin, mm -hmm. and when we sin, we're still committing like it, this terrible act against God. Oh, you know, yeah. and He still. He, he already forgave us for that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and I just, I, I think that it's, uh, that that writing that poem was uh, convicting for me uh, on a personal level uh, because it, it, yeah. it helps remind me that every time that I'm faced with a temptation or I fall into sin, That's right, like, yeah. hey, Jesus died for me and I, you can't put him back up on the cross. Yeah. Right? You already put him there once. Don't put him there again. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You know, um, our salvation it applies to us. Our um, to our sin. Um, it God has has forgiven our past sins, our present sins, and our future sins. I mean, all yeah. of our sins are forgiven in Christ. It doesn't mean that that once we sin, that we don't need to reconcile with right. the Holy God right. for sure. I mean, just because. We are saved. We are set free from our sin. Doesn't mean right. that if we sin again, that we oh, it's okay. God, God already forgave me. I don't have to right. do anything. Right. No, you still repent. You right. still now. The effect yeah. of it is that it's okay. God already forgave. Yeah, you. no. Yeah, However, salvifically, uh, yeah. right, right, because uh, we're not saved by anything that we can do in our own power. God didn't just save us to bring us to even footing to then keep working, uh, and He's not just going to fill in what we can't do at the very yeah. end. Yeah. It's all all-encompassing but uh it's still like in order to continue to grow and be sanctified in this relationship. The right relationship with right. god yeah right absolutely so um so uh kind of going to a different uh question here so how can um well, a lot of people i guess maybe they probably don't use utilize spoken word in their churches right. uh, i don't know any uh the church right. i go to grace view um 
is they don't they don't utilize spoken word. Um, right. I mean, I don't. I, I think you would agree that not every church has to. You know, yeah. You I, have to, I mean, like you that, know, that that'd be like saying that a country church has to be doing the exact same ministries that an inner city church does. Yeah, it, it just doesn't. Make a- absolutely. Sense. But okay, so wh- how would you say how how can a local church or if a local church would want to or should right like how could they utilize the spoken word? Uh, I think that. So spoken word ministries, uh, and, and we talked a little bit about this before, but I think that they could be utilized on a Sunday morning. Uh, however, in a very specific context, I don't think that you should interrupt a worship song to do a spoken word. Oh wow! I, okay. I uh, on a Sunday morning, like corporate. Yeah, setting. yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't think that you should uh, necessarily have a spoken word like built into a worship service even. okay uh but rather on a sunday morning still a corporate setting i've done spoken words before either before the service right but still in that corporate setting or just after the service where i would write a poem that would either connect the previous week's sermon to the current week's sermon and build a little bridge as we go through a book of the Bible. Okay. Uh, whenever there's a, a major shift in topic, try to reconcile the shift in topic uh, just so that other people, A, remind them of what we talked about last week, and B, look forward to what we're going to You do to this talk at your about. church? Uh, I, I did this at my home church. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I don't do this at my current church. Uh, I've let them know that I do spoken word. There's not a huge interest uh, in utilizing it, to be honest. Uh, and what church do you go to? Uh, Sagamore Baptist Church. That's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's in East Fort Worth. Yeah. Uh, just on the border between Fort Worth and Arlington. But uh, yeah, it, it's like right on the border. Like half of the property is in Arlington, half of it's in Fort Worth. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. uh, I, I did that at my home church. Or uh, I think that you could also talk with the pastor and be like, hey, just very vaguely or broadly just cover with me real quick what are you talking about next week and at the end of the sermon if you already knew what he was talking about and what he will be talking about if you have a uh, poem ready that can bridge those I think that that could act as a good transition to have the congregation either reflect back on what was taught or like look forward to what will be taught and connect the sermons gotcha I I I think I understand what you're talking about. Um, that's a little bit different than what I expected yeah. from you. Now, now uh, that's in a corporate setting. I also think that you could use it for uh, individual like ministries. I think that they can be utilized in a youth ministry very well. In many ways, it yeah. reaches uh, the younger generation very, very well. And yeah. then depending on the demographics of the area, it can reach the area very well. You could have a community night where people come and present art. And I, I think presenting art that is good art and Christian art is extremely valuable. We don't have enough of that. So having a ministry where you are taking the fine arts of, you know, music, poetry, drama, theater, painting, all of these things, and yeah. having good yeah. Christian Now, I would push back on that a little bit as far as like, in, and I, I don't think you said this, but the corporate service. I wouldn't oh, I wouldn't do that in a corporate Yeah, service. and that's where I, we would agree on that. I, I mean, I'd have, uh, in, in fact, one of the churches that I went to and did a spoken word at, uh, they, they would do, they called it a youth night. I would shift it away from a youth night and rather have it be a community night where people come and do this. Uh, and in fact, in Utah, they do something called Intersect. 
and it's an mm. interfaith conversation. Uh, yeah. yeah, so between uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints yeah. and uh, the, so the LDS Church and evangelicals, uh, and other people can come to sure, if you're yeah. agnostic or atheist, whatever. It's yeah. an interfaith conversation uh, revolving around the the arts. Yeah. And they, they talk about different topics that's, and stuff. That's but, interesting. I don't know how I feel about... I mean, when I say feel, but I don't... I don't really know when I would think about that per se, having an interfaith conversation. Now, I I understand the purpose of it, and I, I'm not against anything like that, of course. Um, in theory, I just I'm not sure how that would look. You know, like you're presenting. You know, if you go there to, to you know, you're right. presenting your own. Um, I mean, you're you're going to be doing a spoken word on the crucifixion. You're right. going to say some things that clearly Mormons oh, would yeah, disagree that, with. Definitely. And also, now yeah. that could be helpful in. Well, is that well, what you're referring the, to? The yeah. thing is, uh, that ministry is there to open up conversation, right? Yeah. And so when you go there, people come there with the, the knowledge that they're going to be presented with beliefs that contradict their okay. own. Yeah. And uh, really, yeah. that ministry is not so much a ministry of, hey, this is where we're going to present the gospel message in a corporate setting. No, that ministry is, hey, we're going to come and build relationships between Christians and non-Christians. That way Christians can more effectively speak into their lives. Because especially with the LDS church, mm -hmm. uh, their members, it's very difficult to uh, do n normal evangelism yeah. to them. If you do normal yeah. evangelism. We'll get into the Salt Lake yeah. City trip that you went on. I want to talk about yeah. that a lot. Um, going back to the to like spoken word though in the in in, in doing those in the, the specific about art. Right. Um, I, I there's an article I actually shared it on Facebook uh, not too long ago. Um, it, it talked about it said basically uh, Austin Stone, the Austin Stone worship yeah. band. Uh, it's their kind of their blog or whatever. And they said basically talked about how um, the the church is not your art gallery. Um, and I don't. I mean, so I think they were talking about more in the confines of the corporate service. Right. I think that that's what I think that's what they were talking about because I agree that we we can do different things in the church that are more you know artistic and stuff like that um, and you know for example if you have a, a worship band that enjoys you know playing music other than just corporate worship music right um, and they want to play more like rock and they want to go play. In a in a venue, a venue in yeah. No, I don't think yeah. so. It, so I'm saying like yeah. I'm not saying that art should not be a part of the local church. Uh, it should be a part of the corporate. Sorry, I would, it, I would yeah, agree. and like uh, yeah, I think that whenever you're going to like specials in music, that that doesn't bother me if you're going to have like one special in music. Uh, yeah. You know, we, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we do that in chapel. That, that doesn't bother me. Yeah. However, whenever that becomes too much of a focus. Then I think it's problematic. That's a very traditional uh, thing too. Um, yeah, having a special. I, I'm not in favor of specials because I think that's more of a you're presenting your gift and people are viewing your gift and people applaud your gift. That's not what the corporate service is for. Right. The corporate service is to present right. your gift to God. Right. You are expressing, you know, work the gospel through song, through preaching, through whatever it is. To God, so anything outside of that, I think, would be right. maybe a little. Yeah, um, that, that, that's definitely a more gray area. I, I'm not personally, I'm not against it. Yeah. However, uh, there, I, I've seen instances where it's gone out of hand. So I'm, sure. not, I'm not against the concept of it. You know? I, yeah, I get uh, what you're saying. I mean, I'm I'm all for if someone just like wants to, if it's just a, one person singing. The whole church needs to be seen with that person. Right, it needs right, to be congregational. Right. That, that, and that's, that's what yeah, that's what I was And that leads us back to the whole spoken word thing. Like if you're just up there doing a spoken word thing, 
you know, the congregation right. is just sitting there listening to you. They're not yeah. involved actively in the worship. Now, if you're doing it specifically it, to connect the sermon, that's a little different. Yeah. I'm not saying I like that per se. You know, I, I love that. I, I don't know. I haven't thought about that enough. Yeah. So I'm not going to say it. But that, that's a cool idea. I, yeah. I think that's interesting. Yeah. Um, but I also I think, I think you yeah. can do showcases. Uh, not, And I think it's completely acceptable and even a good thing for a church to... Uh, showcase art not in a corporate setting on gotcha. a Sunday morning yeah, yeah. But hey maybe once a month or e- even if you're not going to have it be like a monthly thing you could say hey this Sunday night we're going to have this you know yeah it, it, it almost be like a way to have an open mic or something like that but we're uh where you're able you can, to yeah. yeah we're able to present yeah. Christian art and it doesn't have to be an open mic where anyone can walk up you know you can vet everything beforehand yeah. and stuff like that but present good Christian art like let, let's shift away from having cheesy cliche art with a somewhat decent message yeah to, hey let's take this amazing message we have and make amazing art with it yeah and then present it because in that way People are going to be able to see the glory of God, like, acted out in your life because they're going to say, hey, God has blessed them with this talent, blessed them with this gift. They're utilizing it to glorify God, and you can tell that they're being consistent in glorifying God because the message is the same. Yeah. You know, in the early church, uh, the it was a little different. It was actually a little bit different. I don't think anyone was thinking of show, showcasing their art in the church back then. I, now, yeah. I, it seems like... now. Church history is not simple. It's it's very complex. Yeah, There's yeah. different streams of, of churches back then and um, different things. But you know, um, for example, though that there, if the church member, if if a church member was involved in the theater, the arts, you couldn't join. You couldn't become a member. You know, you couldn't become. There's a there's a there's a uh, in church history. One we read a, a letter, uh, or uh, just a writing from someone that's basically said that if you are a if you're an actor, actress, whatever. In a in a theater, um, in the arts, you know, you need to quit that. To why? Become, why and, do you? And, but there's a reason for that. Yeah, I was, I was going to go. Say, the reason why is because the theater was centered around pagan worship. Yeah, and so that's yeah. why it is. So, and, and I and think we so, see a shift in society also that calls for the church uh, having ministries centered around good art and good poetry, good music, good like yeah. filmmaking, all of that. Because uh, originally, like I, I would agree with you, but. Also, society and cultures, like, we've shifted from, we're, we're not really an agricultural society anymore, you know? No. Uh, the entertainment industry is huge, and it is booming, oh, and sure. it's a way, yeah. like, it's a way, it's a normal job. Yeah, and uh, there, are, there are ways that the church can minister through those things, I think, effectively and biblically without compromising right. different things. I just think we need to be careful be right. thoughtful, very thoughtful of what we do and why we do it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, like, I think that some of the things you're you're saying, like, as far as like the you know open mic night, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't think I haven't, uh, you know, a lot of those things I just I don't think through on yeah. a daily basis. No, but no, I, I, get, I, I get what you're saying. Know. Uh, I, whenever I said that, like, I was thinking, you know, hey, if a church member wants to present something, you could vet it and then go. So that yeah. wouldn't be your normal open mic night because a normal open mic night is just, hey, guys, sign up and go. Yeah, yeah. You like want. a talent show, like we did yeah, here, yeah, yeah, at Southwestern, uh, like you know, yeah. if we have that at like. Um, you know, if it, at your church, whatever, I mean, yeah. you know. Now, the interfaith conversations that I was talking about, uh, I, I think that that is a valuable ministry. That would be more like an open mic, except uh, the purpose of that is to make it to where people are comfortable comfortable about talking about religion. Yeah. Uh, because most people aren't. And so that, and that way is cool. Do, that, is... that way you can do personal evangelism. That That so. is cool. I think it's a good... 
a good way to, to do that. Um, so a guy I listened to, James White, he does he's done an interfaith, kind of interfaith conversation with a Muslim, actually. He got a lot of flack for that. A lot of flag for that. He was in, uh, so James White. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't Je- Jeff Durbin, Apologia Studios. Oh, yeah. uh, they did a debate. Oh, with, yeah. I uh, watched that when it came out. With, yeah. with Quaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You, you watched that one? I, I watched I it live. Quaker. Yeah, I know that James told me. I was yeah. actually going to ask you about that. Um, yeah, that was an interesting conversation. This may be a good point to shift away from yeah. Because well, we I, talked about different yeah. ways that it could be useful and stuff. No, that, that's but. good. Yeah, no. Uh, um, yeah, I remember watching that. Uh, Kwaku is a is a Kwaku, right? Yeah, Kwaku. Yeah. yeah, he's a very interesting fella. Uh, now the conversation I thought was really good. I I, I thought the part I, I didn't care for. I don't know why he brought up Calvinism. Um, he brought up just Calvinism randomly. Now I will. I'll be honest. It's a long debate. It uh, is. So yeah. I, I'm um, I only watched about halfway through it. Uh, to to be fair, so I, I don't know if I quite yeah. got to that part. Yeah, but he said some pretty pretty crazy things. Like as far as like the Trinity, he said the Trinity is a, a, a okay. I agree with him in the t- terms of the the term itself was kind of kind of formulated, you know, um, after the uh, the apostles. I mean, it, it was it was I think like yeah, the term uh, itself was. But, but you the go, concept you look at the Gospels and you even look back to Genesis and stuff like there are things that make the Trinity evident. Yeah, and he but, was just uh, like he was acting like it was a New Testament invention or um, early church invention or something like that. And that was the part specifically that I thought was was in, in his but, debate. Uh, I will say Quaku is a he's, he's a great guy. That debate's an yes. interesting debate. Yeah. Uh, but getting to meet him and talk with him, he he was pretty awesome. Yeah, you know he seemed. So, like, I was like, yeah. watching, I was like, this is a cool dude. Like I love to yeah. meet this guy and talk to him. Yeah, he's stuff. very open about talking yeah. about like anything. Yeah, uh, and so we, we had some good. We had a, a great conversation. Yeah, with him. I'm kind of so. curious what he said to y'all, but I don't know if you want to say it. Uh, well, we talked about a lot of different things, but one question that really, uh, really stuck with me that we asked him. You know, we asked uh, whether it's if someone were to convert out of the LDS faith, the Mormon faith. Uh, by the way, their church, like Mormon, is not a church. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, that, that's why. I keep that actually, saying was LDS, happening when that right. that debate went on. Yeah, that, yeah, that's why I keep saying LDS or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Yeah. Uh, but he, we asked him if someone were to convert out of that, would you rather them convert to uh, an evangelical religion okay. or atheism? And he said they're about the same. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry I'm laughing because uh, I didn't expect that at all. I'm sorry. But, uh, uh, I, well, mean, I don't mean any offense. I, I, I think that he said that in terms of uh, converting out of the LDS faith because uh, I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I'm not going to – and this is not a, a hill that I would die on by any means. But uh, I, I think that – so outer darkness is like their concept of hell. And it's separation from God. Uh, I, I don't really know if they believe about the eternal torment or anything like that. I, but that's uh, a. I mean, that's the classic yeah. Mormon doctrine is that yeah. there there are yeah. like different levels of yeah, hell. Yeah, there, like, there's there's well, I don't know about the different levels of hell. Or there's different, different levels, levels of, of heaven. Uh, yeah, and, uh, and but there's outer darkness, and that's like their version of hell. And the main way to get to outer darkness is to leave Mormonism. So in that concept, he's right, except. Uh, like, like, they're, they're... He's not right, but he's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's right, he's right about Mormonism. Yeah, uh, I got Like, you, yeah. like, that, that's what... I just want to make sure we clarify Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I don't want people thinking that. Yeah. Uh, but they believe that if someone were to convert out of their faith, they are thrown into outer darkness. Uh, gotcha. Because they yeah. knew the truth yeah. and rejected yeah. the truth. They apostatized. Yeah. Uh, so... 
But that's interesting. Uh, that that stuck with me, and then uh, he also we talked about because he's not able to go on a mission due to health concerns. Uh, oh wow! But, okay, uh, what's is he? Uh, I, I don't know uh, quite what it is, uh, but like if you it because you're you're on a mission, you're walking around every day, all day. Dude, uh, yeah, you notice you that may Mormons may are so skinny. These Mormons are so skinny. Like, yeah, uh, most of them. Are. I don't. I've yeah, never seen yeah. a fat Mormon. To be yeah. honest. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I'm not. I mean, hey, I'm, I'm not I'm, gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna comment. I will say I don't know how because while we were in Utah, we had a, we ate at a place called Crown Burger. I'm just saying. I've heard if that. I lived in Utah. I if I lived near a Crown Burger, I would be 500 pounds. Okay, <laughs> was that good? It was amazing. It was a pastrami burger. And so like it's a normal burger, but with like all of this hot, fresh pastrami on top of it. Yeah. And this like great sauce and like it was just it. Forgive me. For I have said, but it was better than Whataburger. <laughs> oh man, uh, I, don't know if, I don't know if Amy will be friends with you anymore. <laughs> man, I love Whataburger. I'm the kind of guy though. Yeah, like, I ate a Whataburger the other day and I got sick. Oh no! And yeah, I got sick. And the next day, I was like, "Man, I'm a Whataburger," <laughs> and I knew that Whataburger is what made me sick. Oh no! I don't, uh, see, I hope that never happens to me because when I get sick after eating something, I can't eat back I can't go yeah. back to that and eat you know for a long time yeah. like Burger yeah. King I got sick after eating Ur- uh, Burger well, King a Burger long time King. I, got, I never yeah, I, I never go back to I, Burger King neither do I yeah. I got sick at Burger King once too uh, it just doesn't look yeah better. so tell t- okay so you went to Salt Lake City yeah, uh, yeah. tell me tell uh, me about the trip and uh, what you learned well, and what so the other thing that Quaku uh, said I, I want to say so we asked him about his mission and you know we asked him about uh, how they or what he thinks about sharing the gospel with evangelicals, you know, like their gospel with, yeah. with us. Yeah. And uh, he he said, and I never thought about it this way, but he said, oh, I don't see too much of a point in it. Like, it's a good thing to do. You know, it's a good work. Uh, but you guys are already going to get what you want according to our beliefs because the way so they have three levels of heaven mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. it's not fully defined who goes to what level except if you're uh, there's the telestial which yeah. is like basically a spirit world right yeah there's the terrestrial which is a physical place yeah and then there's the celestial which is a physical place with god right uh and so the and those are the three levels of heaven uh uh from my understanding basically everyone would qualify for the telestial Right, but it's better to have a body with your spirit. Yeah. Right. So the people who are good and diligently sought after God, but maybe didn't make it, or the people, uh, it may even be like uh, LDS people who aren't practicing, but yeah. they're still on church roll. You know, uh, and they didn't leave the faith. Uh, like you, you have people in the evangelical world that go to Christmas, like church on Christmas yeah. and Easter, like the, that equivalent, they may end up and Christians who are diligently seeking after God may end up in the terrestrial where yeah. Jesus visits, I believe. Uh, That's so nice the, of them. The, the Holy Spirit visits the telestial, uh, but in the terrestrial, the Holy Spirit and Jesus visit. Uh, and so we're basically getting what we want. We get to live with Jesus kind of thing is what Kwaku said. Uh, but, uh, and, and I, I'm hoping I'm not misrepresenting his view on that. Yeah, I think you're right. That's what it sounded like. It's been a while, but... In the celestial, uh, that's where the Holy Spirit and Jesus and God all 
permanently live, permanently reside. But ultimately, the end goal is exaltation because uh, they believe that God wants us to become like him in all ways. Yeah, God. Uh, And Lorenzo Snow is one of their prophets, I think. Who is it? Lorenzo Snow. Okay. Sounds like the dude off of the Hunger Games. (laughs) It Uh, does. (laughs) That may have been the actual name. From the dude, I can't remember. Anyway, yeah. I don't think it was. Uh, but he had a couplet, uh, a little spoken word, if you might say. Uh, but that he said, as God is, no, no, as man is, God once was, as God is, man may become. That's, I think Brigham Young said that. No, it was Lorenzo Snow. Was, are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, th- those teachings were uh, sort of like that. That was a couplet that Lorenzo Snow yeah. uh said and like he he made popular throughout the the church yeah but uh yeah. It, the, that kind of teaching was still around back whenever Joseph oh yeah absolutely i mean that's that's a doc i mean they don't talk about it like mainstream as much yeah um but that's yeah. that's true like that that's their whole belief is you know that essentially we can all become right now someone was saying that uh islam is more biblical than mormonism and the, the reason they said that is because you know uh, po- you know they're polytheists uh polytheists yeah. te- technically um, they they would say that they're not because they only worship one God. So no, some of them will straight up say that they're that, polytheists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, Muslims are monotheists. Yeah, you know, they, they would say they're um, what is it, mo- monotheistic or whatever, where it, Mon- yeah. there's uh, it, it's multiple gods, but there's only one God that they have a like covenant with I think Quaker used that word in yeah that, I've heard him I've, I think I heard him talk about that saying that like we do only worship one God or that's that's literally what he right. said we don't worship all these other gods or whatever and um, still I mean that to me I don't care if you're intentionally worshiping all these other gods or just the one God right. uh, you're still you believe and, in these other know, gods he, he used the argument of uh, in the Old Testament you have Baal and other like yeah. gods lowercase yeah. uh, G right that the, the Jews would sometimes turn around and worship incorrectly, yeah. right? But that's when they were in sin, and even though the Bible references them as gods, right, I don't think that they, they are lowercase g gods. They're not actual gods, but rather they are forces that people worship as yeah. gods. Well, even Isaiah, forces. it says that um, before me there was... Right. Uh, that, right. I forgot that verse yeah. exactly. Now, um, that's actually, that verse was uh, used in the Book of Mormon, I believe. Uh, wow. So... Uh, yeah, it's under a different book and under a different name, but th- that same verse is used. Uh, the, the, the thing is, to me, it you know rises and falls on the founder. Mormonism rises and falls on the founder of Mormonism. Right. Now, I also want to say, uh, uh, I want to preface like the rest of this conversation with the fact that uh, we still love Mormons. We are called oh, absolutely. Love Mormons. We yeah. should love Mormons, and we should have very hospitable debates. Uh, a lot of people misrepresent Christianity to Mormons. In fact, that's one of the most difficult things about ministry in Utah. People hear that you're a Christian, and, and they they're think, used to anti-Mormons. Yeah. Uh, so, like, they, they just call them antis. But uh, wow. they're, they're, they're people who go there, and they're the generic sidewalk preacher yelling, you're all going to hell, right? Yeah. I don't want to be that guy. Uh, I do believe, unfortunately, that if you have... If you're worshiping a false Jesus and a false God, as like Galatians said, I read Galatians this morning for my yeah. uh, Devo. You know, uh, if you if you're following a false gospel, it, it's false, and you're going to be bankrupt uh, yeah. whenever you you die because you don't have the truth. Yeah. Uh, and because of that, I love them and want to tell them what I believe to be the truth. But I want to do that in a manner that is loving and is kind. Sure. Uh, <clears throat> so I, I don't want to rip too much on their beliefs or anything. 
Uh, well, we're we're but, we're just talking yeah. about what they believe yeah. and, and yeah. comparing it to Christianity. Yeah, I, I, I just wanted to let, yeah. let the audience know that I am not an anti. I have Mormon friends. Well, I, I love the thing Mormons is, is Mormons. unless you start saying Mormons suck and I hate Mormons, I, I don't think anyone could say that you hate Mormons um, per se. Now, there are certain people that say, oh, you know, they present themselves in a way that right. yeah, with yeah. others when they view it think, man, you are, you are being a jerk, man. Yeah. You're being hateful. No, yeah, I think everyone will agree that you're being very cordial and loving, uh, towards more gracious towards um, Mormons, and and that's that's true. But go go ahead. What were you? Uh, I also want to say that uh, because some some LDS people take uh, offense whenever someone tries to evangelize to them. Basically, uh, that's one thing that I never quite understood, though. Because yeah. they also want to evangelize to us. Yeah. And I think that it should be a two-way street. That's another reason why I think Intersect is such a great uh, a great thing. It's a great ministry because you have uh, the ability to have open conversations without yeah. fear of anyone being offended. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, I think it goes back to, you know, Joseph Smith was a known con man. He was a no, well-known con man. He, he basically ripped off ripped off people back in the day like he like he would go around um essentially collecting money from them promising them a service and then he would never do what he promised them to do uh to, Be- to do. before i like i i wouldn't necessarily say that simply because i don't have enough of the historical bearing oh I, i've i've uh, read up on that uh, uh side. And, and like but i will say you do have other sources to look at such as the uh Canadian copyright uh, conspiracy, where he Joseph Smith commissioned some people to go sell the copyright for the Book of Mormon in Canada, so that it could be distributed and that they could get paid for the Book of Mormon in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said that he received a prophecy from God uh, about that, uh, and that it would be successful. But they went and it was denied, and they came back and they said, "Hey, what's the deal?" And he said, "Well, some prophet, uh, some prophecies are from God." Mm-hmm. Some are from men, and others are of the devil. And he didn't know which one that prophecy was. Uh, and before I, like, I would argue, uh, I personally believe that Joseph Smith did have a vision. However... Oh, you think it's... Uh... I think that it was not a vision from God. I think that it was a vision, uh, a demonic vision. I mean, I don't... And, and, and I, mean, I, think, I think it was a way that Satan was able to mislead and misguide. I don't... I, don't, I would say he's just a con man. I would say he just... I think he knew his bunch of baloney. I mean, he was a polygamist. I mean, he was a no... I mean, like, he had multiple wives. I mean, he's just... Now, there are... Uh, while I was in Utah, I also got to meet uh, some polygamists and go to yeah. ministry with them. There are... Uh, that's another That's another topic that is sensitive. Uh, yeah, I but, bet it is. <laughs> uh, like... If we had a sect of Christians that are polygamists, we would... I think we would be like... I don't know if we do, do we? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, do. We, we do? Oh, okay, well, this is news to me. Uh, I've never met any of them. Uh, uh, some of them go live with the uh, same groups of Mormons. Oh, wow. Who are uh, polygamists. That's weird. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, I've met some good polygamists while, while Oh, I'm sure they're them, nice people. You know? and, well, like they, they were great people, and like for the most part, they were uh, honest people. It was just like... Uh, I think that they they're basing that off the the main reason that started was because Joseph said that it was commanded by God yeah, uh, to have. But he did. <laughs> and then, uh, but 
he, he said that, and so there were then people who followed into polygamy thinking, well, God commanded it. And then another prophet, later Mormon prophet, was uh, re- re- received revelation from God that polygamy was no longer to be practiced. Uh, yeah, but yeah. the other some, ironic. Some, some people in the church said that God didn't change his mind, and that God is consistent throughout time. Yeah, and therefore polygamy should still be practiced, and that the person who said that polygamy shouldn't actually had left the true teachings of the oh, church. Oh wow! Yeah. So you, basically, you have different examples of. Uh, what different religious groups call apostasy, you know? Yeah, uh, definitely. And, and they keep pointing out, saying, oh, that's apostasy, that's apostasy, we're the true faith. Uh, and it, you sort of get, being in a seminary setting, you, you sort of get that same sort of culture with the word heretic being thrown out. Oh, yeah, heresy. Uh, but, like, that apostasy is a much bigger <laughs> thing. Yeah, and well, usually it's thrown around as a joke here. But uh, you you have a ton of branches off of uh, yeah. the LDS beliefs, just yeah. like you have different denominations here. Except our denominations can coexist and say that we each have the truth. We just interpret certain aspects of how you should function. Yeah, I mean, I would say a lot of them have apostatized. Uh, specifically, the uh, you know Methodist Church. Um, they're one that's that's really went the Episcopal, uh, Episcopal, uh, Episcopal Church. They've they've Officially, like as a church body, I mean, they now yeah. accept, uh, accept homosexual marriages and yeah, um, yeah. you know, stuff but, like that. That's that's, and I, I get yeah, what you're saying yeah, though. Yeah. It's um, but, but I mean, like, you know, I'm Baptist. Well, I have a friend who's in the Church of Christ, you know, they, they may not like instruments on a Sunday morning, yeah. but they're still saved. They're also, yeah, that's like, yeah. I mean, there are certain denominations that say that are, um, I mean, like Roman Catholics, I would say, you know, I've, I've said this on the podcast before, so I don't have a problem saying it here. Um, but Roman Catholicism, I don't believe, is a is a Christian. Is a uh, has a Christian. I, I have met evangelical. It sounds very odd. I've met evangelical Catholics, though. Who, That's an oxymoron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it is. That's it an oxymoron. It yeah, it's weird. Uh, it, they they wouldn't say that they're. In, in and I, let me. Pre- I want to preface with this though. I, I don't think that just because you're in the Roman Catholic Church does not means you're just going to hell. I'm, right. I'm not saying. I'm saying that I think the Roman Catholic Church officially as, as a go- okay. they do not yeah, teach yeah, a yeah, yeah. the the gospel. Of it's Jesus. different on an individual yeah. basis. Exactly. Yeah. And I know Methodists who are great Methodists. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. As a church, but but you know, I'm I'm. Refer- I guess I was. I should have been more specific. I'm referring to the church. Like organization, organization. I mean, it's, that's like if the SBC said. And I'm sure you have some. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I'm sure you have some Baptist churches who have honestly, but each Baptist church is autonomous. And yeah, and they, so yeah, they, uh, you can have a Baptist church that is. Um, in fact, there are certain Baptists that are modalists. Yeah, which a modalist believes that uh, the Trinity essentially is not real. Right. Uh, that the but Father, it's the Robin, God, who yeah. God individually, it's not three persons, one being. It's one person, one being, and God at different modes. Yeah, in different yeah. modes, different times. And yeah, that, so the that's, Father became that's the Son. Why, that's yeah. why I don't like uh, using analogies to, to define <laughs> yeah. the Trinity because yeah. then people, you know, they'll use the analogy of water and how yeah. water would be ice and vapor. Yeah. And, well, that's modalism, you know. Yep. Or how you are a husband and a seminary student and an yeah. employee, like. Yeah, there, the, the, uh, I was. I just got done actually reading, um, doing a book review on the Trinity uh, by Yarnell. Uh, okay. Yeah, and so, and for my systematic theology class, and uh, it's it's a really good book. I definitely recommend it. Uh, if you're trying to get more, um, kind of learn more about the Trinity historically and um, biblically, it's really a good book. But go ahead and look it up. Um, yeah, it's called 
God the Trinity biblical portraits. So definitely look that up. I have it right yeah. there. Um, but yeah, um, so you said you wanted to go back to Salt Lake City eventually, and or Utah, or Utah, or, or Utah in general, uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, do some ministry over there. What's yeah. what's that like? Uh, uh, well, there's very small populations of Christians. Yeah, and so every Christian that does move up there, uh, or every evangelical uh, that moves up there. Like, that's another person in the community who is there to fellowship and also to grow, right? right? Uh, but also, on top of that, the LDS Church really are an unreached people group. And you look at Utah, Utah is, uh, I think it's something like 96% LDS. And when you get into Utah Valley, it's like 99% uh, LDS. And, like, Christianity is such a small percentage yeah, that yeah. they qualify as an unreached people group. Uh, yeah. And a lot of people either they don't realize that there's a difference between their beliefs in Christianity and there are some absolutely. very clear fundamental differences. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And uh, I also don't think that the term Christian is defined by saying Christ, right? But by a true understanding of who Christ uh, The biblical is. gospel, yeah. 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 I mean, uh, a true uh, historical gospel, yeah. But uh, I really do want to go up there and let them know what I believe because out of love I, with what I believe they are condemned and I, I don't think it would be loving of me not to share what I believe with absolutely. them absolutely yeah uh, just as they want to tell me what they believe because they think that I may be doing good things but I don't have the full truth I believe that they're misguided in following something that was created to deceive yeah no, you know? absolutely uh, so I don't think that they aren't necessarily good people. I think that they're great people. They're some of the greatest people you'll ever meet. But they're following something that, for the most, like, that is misguided. Not for the most part, but it is misguided. And many of them were raised in it, so they don't know anything other than yeah. the beliefs. Yeah. So. And that, I mean, that's typical anywhere you go with any belief system. You get yeah. kind of in this kind of echo chamber. Um, and it, I, I know, so with my testimony, though, uh, I, I wasn't saved until 7th grade. And that's still really early. Uh, that That's really yeah, young. That's, yeah. uh, but at the same time, my family wasn't a Christian family. Like, we didn't go to church yeah. ever. We didn't, uh, many times, we didn't even go to church for Christmas or Easter. <laughs> wow. Uh, but it was if someone asked us if we were Christian, we would say yes, so they would leave us alone. Uh, but then my sisters got saved. And when they got saved, I saw this hope and joy in their lives that I'd never witnessed before. And moving around so much, I assumed that it was because they had friends. Uh, <laughs> and so I was like, oh, I'm going to go make friends at church. And I went to church for a year hearing the gospel message over and over again before realizing, whoa, I haven't accepted this. I'm a sinner. I'm going to hell. Yeah. I need to be saved. Yeah. And then I was I, I was saved, you know, uh, uh, yeah. that, that same night. But... Uh, I wasn't raised in the church the entire life, so a lot of people assume that I was, and so they're like, oh, well, you just believe because you were raised Christian. Yeah. You know? and it was like, no. I had a, a, a legitimate experience, and on top of that, I can look back and see that the history of my faith, not just my faith as a person, but my faith as in what I believe is anchored in Scripture and in history and mm -hmm. there's facts at the bottom of it yeah that, like, absolutely like, the, there's the fact that christ was a real person he was a historical figure and that he was crucified unjustly as the foundation and then i believe that he rose again due to the historical accounts that we see in the people who had testimonies of seeing him yeah. raised and yeah. risen uh and so like that's what my faith is built upon it, yeah so. absolutely that's great um a lot of people 
kind of uh, will they'll some sometimes look at their view their faith as some type of metaphysical mystical experience and they don't anchor it in actual historical reality right and you know we we sometimes forget that their God has actually spoken to humanity spoken to his people um, has um, I mean he sent a son uh, Jesus um, and, and ministered on this earth, I mean, those actually happened. It didn't. Right. It's not just. It's, a, it's not. Yeah. And, right. Yeah. And I think there's good historical proof that all those things happened. Um, very good historical proof, um, in fact. So when people say, "Well, you know, Christianity is just—it's just what you believe. It's just a religion that, you know, uh, it's right. just like and it's just like um, Islam and all this other stuff." Well, no, Islam. I mean, like, yes, there are some historical aspects to Islam, um, but at the same time, it's not rooted in any type of uh, historical uh, redemptive um, history it's just right. kind of a it's just kind of like oh here's this guy named Muhammad here's what he says to do you know right. yeah. yeah and that's yeah. another Muhammad wasn't a very good guy yeah. <laughs> that's another story but it's it's interesting how these religions will will kind of come up and, and it'll just be this one guy saying I have re- new revelation from God. He right. is saying to do this, or he's and, saying to and, live this way. And they're, they're always a uh, complete like denial of a previous. Yeah, they're saying all the you previous. And, yeah, when you look absolutely. At, when you look at Christ, and he came, he didn't do that. No, he you didn't. Know, he said that he did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill exactly. the law. Exactly. I mean, right? that's, and when, and that's, that's all, we're, our, our Christianity is rooted in Judaism, I mean, right. it's Judaism is our history. Right. I think we're. I think what we believe is true Judaism. Right. I mean, essentially, you know. I would also, say. I, I will say uh, beyond that, you know, after Christ was risen in Acts, you see the everything that the apostles are doing to spread the gospel and how yeah. Christianity just explodes. To me, the idea that. Uh, Christianity went all of these different places, and you even have the Ethiopian eunuch, you know, who went back to Ethiopia and preached the gospel, and then a community of believers were found there, right? Uh, like, you, you have all of these things. One of the key tenets that uh, the LDS church uses is the great apostasy, and I see no evidence of that yeah, yeah. Uh, anywhere. The idea that not even one person was faithful to the teachings that the apostles, like, the idea that Timothy was not faithful to Paul yeah. does not Do they really believe in my mind. They don't uh, believe because like, it, there's uh, there's the the great apostasy and that they say that they claimed happened. We, I, I've and, never actually. And what that means I, is I, like yeah, the apostles yeah. died and the church abandoned their beliefs. So okay, it happened very very early on. Yeah. So this didn't happen like in like right right This wasn't this was before AD. the Nicene Council. Oh wow! So they think the Nicene. I mean, wow, that's. That's crazy. I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to sit down with a um, yeah. you know, LDS I, I just, person. I, that to, doesn't, it, does, it doesn't make sense to me on that. Yeah, that so, uh, but I, I'm I'm hesitant to ask about that because I don't. I, don't, I really don't want to offend. Uh, no, and, it's a, no. If you're, dis- yeah. I mean, if you're in a discussion, well, yeah, that, that's like you have to lead into the discussion. Uh, Absolutely, a, a lot yeah. of people just jump on that, and uh, then then it's like. You are offending in, yeah. in that moment. Uh, My thing is, you know, like I, I get it. Like we're gonna here, we're we're gonna offend people. I mean, like yeah, yeah, and, ultimately. And, and, and but whenever you do that uh, without preface or without. Like, yeah, you gotta be careful. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to ruin my relationship with someone by doing something in an ill manner uh, or in a manner that comes off yeah. as attacking. I do want to bring up those topics, but in a loving yeah. manner. Yeah, you know, uh, you mentioned Jeff Durbin and James White, the po- Apologia Church. Um, they've they've they have they've had many many 
ex-Mormons, ex-LDS uh, members. I gotta say LDS. I, I keep saying Mormon. Um, I don't mean to offend any, if, if there are any LDS members uh, listening. I, I don't mean to offend on that. See, preference. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, Jeff Durbin, I mean, they've had so many, some of the, uh, many of their members come from the LDS church. Um, if you, you can go on YouTube and watch them interact with, with LDS people. And yeah. oh, I mean, yeah. it's just, it's like, seriously, I, I love what they do. Yeah. They, I mean, I, I would say nine out of 10 times, uh, or at least the, the ones that I've seen, I haven't seen all of them, yeah. but, uh, they're usually, they, they can be a little offensive, but they're done in a manner that ultimately ends in love unless the other person just is really dead set on being offended. Yeah. Uh, whenever it's uh, a good conversation, yeah. just a genuine conversation, yeah. you, I, I see love in it because I don't think like sharing what you believe in. If you believe that other people are going to hell, if you don't share that, then you are not loving. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I agree with uh, you. Yeah. yeah, I think. I mean, we have our own kind of styles of how we present the gospel, right. how you know different methods right. and stuff like that. You know, evangelism, but I, I think um, you know, I think it, it's important to 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 be clear about what we believe as Christians, uh, the difference between us and whatever else. You know they believe, um, right? And and to point that out and to 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 bring what they believe to the light, say view it and say, is this truth? Is this right? Yeah. Uh, and 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 try to get them to really ponder on that um, a lot. But you know, I, we we have to do we have to cover all of that in love and yeah. grace and compassion because we gotta love. I love you, brother. I, you know, maybe brother in Christ, but I love you as a person made in the image of God. You know, right. and, and I want you to right. know the truth of the gospel. And uh, you know, and so that's important. So you want to? You said you want to kind of maybe move up there one day, or yeah, yeah. Or, I'm, I'm looking at what that's going to look like. Uh, working at a church up there, you either have to raise support beforehand and you function as a, a missionary yeah or you could be bivocational and work two jobs so i'm trying to see what it would look like for me to be bivocational yeah. well i have a so. i have a contact up there of a good gospel-centered biblical church that i mean I, I would recommend this church to anyone very very solid church um uh I, i'll give you i can give you that contact information uh, it's called redeemer um it's troy walker mm, oh, um, redeemer church in orem no, Ogden. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. it's Ogden. Okay. Yeah. Troy Walker went here, uh, and he yeah. he's at Redeemer Church in Orem, Erland. No, um, I'll, okay. I'll I'll definitely um, give you their contact. Uh, Bobby, um, Bobby is the pastor there. Um, let's see, Redeemer. I'm looking on Twitter right now. Real I quick. guess Redeemer's a pretty common name. So. Um, okay, Redeemer. Um, Redeem. Uh, am I getting this wrong? At Redemption. Oh, it's Redemption Church. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. okay. Redemption Church. Uh, Bobby Woods, the pastor there. Um, I'll, I'll give you their contact information yeah. though, and uh, you know you can always reach out to them. And you picture, you can see the picture there. But yeah, it's um it's a great church. Uh, I love love those people over there. We um, I took a group of students. We stayed at Weber um, okay. uh, University. It's the college. Yeah. It's, uh, in Ogden, really nice. That's actually where Damian Lillard. Uh, oh, when he nice. that's where he uh, played uh, so it was really cool but um, I think it's a Christian church I mean a Christian uh, school <laughs> I was about to say I hope it's a Christian church I mean uh, but, uh, I'm sorry yeah I misspoke okay. but uh, cool deal so um, any, do you have anything else bro? Uh, no I'm just I'm gonna continue to write poetry and study the LDS beliefs and how I can minister to them and just love them with uh, the love of Christ. Yeah. Well, there's uh, a lot of Mormon or L- 
LDS churches around here. There's, oh, there actually, are. One, there's are. actually one down the road. Yeah, uh, I went there last night. Oh, you uh, did? I, I'm, I'm meeting with some missionaries uh, just to get a better understanding of you know what they believe. Uh, yeah, I have, I, have, I have some resources too uh, to if you're interested. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, and then I'm also going to, like, I've been getting into videos and stuff too, but I, I just want to use all of these things to edify the church and build up the church, but also to communicate the gospel to others, so... That's cool. So where can people view your material, like, view your, you know, uh, my, uh, stuff? my main platform is Instagram, and that's at Houston Arledge, A-R-L-E-D-G-E. Uh, Houston is spelled like the city. If you yeah, I'll put, I'll put all that in the description. Uh, um, and then, you have yeah. a website? Uh, sort of. I, I don't really, to be honest, I don't run it anymore. They, I wasn't getting enough uh, interaction from a website. It's easier to go and grow organically on social media. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm on YouTube. Just You can search Houston Arledge. Uh, yeah. But I currently only have two videos up there. I'll have a third one coming soon and then a fourth one coming soon as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm trying to build up a library there. But Instagram really is where I yeah. have the most consistent posting, and I post poetry and questions and inspiration and stuff like that. So Awesome. Yeah, guys, well, check him out. Make sure you do that. And um, I'm sure you'll be you'll be uh, definitely um, benefited from, from hearing his uh, spoken word, um, spoken word, uh, song, I don't know what we call it, songs or poetry. Poem, poetry, yeah, poetry, whatever. Uh, I'm, you'll definitely be benefited. So check that out whenever you can. And um, so that's going to do it uh, for here today. Um, thank you, Houston, for coming on and uh, hanging it's out. A pleasure. Absolutely. Um, and before we go, uh, one recommendation I, I wanted to, to give uh, to listeners. If you have not listened and uh, viewed The American Gospel, it's a, a movie that just came out recently. I have the movie right here. It's called American Gospel, Christ Alone. It's a film by Brandon Kimber. Uh, Brandon Kimber, uh, Brandon, I'm sure it's an easy name to spell, uh, Kimber, K-I-M-B-E-R. So look that up, American Gospel, Christ Alone, Brandon Kimber. Um, it's about two and a half hours. You'll have to you have to buy it or, or, or rent it on Vimeo, whatever that is, uh, whatever it's called. Uh, Amazon, I think it's on Amazon and stuff like that. Or you can just purchase your own copy, a physical copy. Um, I, I bought mine at a conference recently. Um, it's a very great movie that just basically deals with the false gospels that we see in in, in America and uh, kind of relates to the you know LDS church and stuff like that. They don't discuss the LDS church or anything. They they more talk about the prosperity gospel, false teachers like Bill Johnson and Todd White and those guys. So definitely recommend going to 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 watch that just to be encouraged and to just be warned and um, and then also I highly recommend if you know of anyone that is kind of really into the charismatic movement heavily, please. Uh, encourage them to watch that. It's a very, very beneficial movie, um, and so it, I think it'll be good. So, but um, yeah, I hope um, everyone has enjoyed this. I, I, I know I've certainly have. I really appreciate Houston coming on. Um, and if anyone has any questions uh, about Houston's ministry, uh, please reach out to him on the social media uh, platforms. I'm sure he'll be quick to respond. Um, if you're interested in having him at your church and your youth ministry event, whatever, um, I'm sure he'll be available for the right price. <laughs> uh, I also want to encourage people to share this podcast with your friends because Jared's doing a great thing. Aww. And leave a rating on iTunes because that way iTunes will help promote it a little bit better. Oh. See, I don't, I don't, I don't 
I hate asking for people to do that, but hey, you're you're my guest, and, and I did not ask you to do that. So anyway, thank you, bro. Thank you. No problem. <laughs> so anyway, uh, well, I, I pray that the Lord blesses you this week and um, just throughout the rest of uh, this weekend, and as you grow in Christ, as you um, go to church on the Lord's Day this Sunday. Um, I just pray that um, the Lord ministers to you through the church, through other Christians, um, and that as a result that you can go and minister to others. Have a great week.